So, in the past couple of weeks, we have been trying to talk about all the different things that can help us in our walk with Christ and getting to know God better. We started the year off with this and realizing that prayer is really important, which we spend some time talking about there. And then we talked about um, Bible reading, right? It's important for us to be able to stay in the Word and just have a consistent reading life. Um, and then last week, you guys can recall, we talked about worship, right? And the importance of worship and what worship is and, and, and how we are worshipers and worship is not necessarily what we just do, right? But rather it is who we are. Well, we wrap up this series um, today in a discussion about biblical community. Now, sometimes it can be a really hot topic because of how we think of um, the church and how we think of different things. So I want, I'm going to be asking some questions in a few um, just to kind of pick your brains a bit and see where what you guys think, right? And I think that'll kind of help us and help me uh, figure out and, and, and survey the room to see where people really are um, and, the, and the areas that we need to focus on. So I'll kind of just tell a story and we'll go from there. Sounds good? So a couple of years ago, I would say maybe maybe over 10 years ago now, um, I used to go to a different church, which I will not name. And at that particular church, um, I was, my parents and I, my, my family, we were in some financial hardships. And because of that, we used to um, sell food after church. And each Sunday we would bring it to the church and we would wait after church was over and then we'd sell it outside and within the community and people there would purchase it from us and it would be a real blessing and it was something that was really helpful and very profitable to help us make it make it on the day-to-day i come from a single family household and so this additional income was really helpful for us to be able to make it um but one day i was at the church and when church was over we, you know, took our stuff outside as we usually do. And somebody came up to us. One of the elders within the church came up, approached us and pretty much said some things that were not very nice and um, was very discouraging for us. And pretty much put us in a position where um, we felt the need to not be there anymore. We didn't really feel comfortable. So because of that, um, we actually ended up getting a call from um, somebody who was at Presby. I'm not going to name, not naming names, who was at Presby here. And, you know, reached out to my mom and said, hey, you know, come on over, right, and bring your stuff. And so that is how I ended up here at Presby. You guys never knew the story. Now you know. It was due to some things that had happened in a different community where we had, um, where we once were, and that brought us here to Presby. Now, fast forward, in Presby itself, you know, there have been challenges, there have been difficult times, but um, I'm here still, by the grace of God, working with people who also, you know, have a passion for the Lord and also love to seek God after 
his own heart, right? I'll tell you this story because my story, I'm the last to believe that my story is unique. I think um, either many of you guys on here probably may not have been the only church that you have attended. You've probably been in some other places as well, and you have probably endured some form of um, either abuse, um, some form of hurt, some form of pain from the church that you have may have been to. And because of that, it, it can really um, impact and affect the way that we um, see the members and the people in the body of Christ, right? So I'll get off of that message for a little bit. I'll take a pause and just to ask you guys, um, when you guys think of, when I say the word um, biblical community, right? Biblical community, doing life together. Like, what does that mean to you? If anybody wouldn't mind sharing, whether you want to put it in the chat box or you want to go ahead and um, unmute yourself and share, and share. When I say the word biblical community, what are the first things that either jump out at you or what does that mean to you? How would you define that? In, in my head, I feel like that sounds like people that like strictly follow um, the Bible um, in, in, in groups. Mm-hmm. Okay, people that follow the Bible in groups. Okay. Can I piggyback off of that? Sure. Mm-hmm. So, what I was thinking was kind of similar to that, and I was thinking more of like. Bible study or something because he said biblical so I was thinking maybe a community that like Ryan says is strictly like with the Bible and does a lot of Bible studying and Bible groups and Bible community and coming together to read the Bible mm-hmm. yeah thank you for sharing that um like we have put in the chat here she said um I think it means a group of people that help you grow in your knowledge of the word um and with God like maybe a Bible study group Okay, so maybe let me take a, maybe maybe let me swap the word biblical and let me put the word Christian community. Even Christian community in general, right? Um, what then does that do to your definition of what I'm asking there? Um, I think it would mean like just everybody you know that is in the body of Christ coming together. Um, like a counter, you know, as counterparts coming together as like a puzzle with their various, you know, gifts and callings and just uplifting each other, um, kind of like an ecosystem, you know, we don't just rely on one person, but just building each other up and kind of just all coming together for one purpose and one thing, Amen. like a Thank puzzle. You. Yeah, that is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> It's funny that that's really getting at one of my my one of the passages that we're using for today. Um, so that 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 is perfect. So I share this just uh, I I want to get kind of a sense of where everybody is. Um, 
if if you guys wouldn't mind, you know, either putting a thumbs up or a thumbs down within the chat. If I were to ask the question, um, have you ever been or have you ever felt like you've been either disrespected or or hurt or gone through some sort of um, thing that you don't think should have happened within the church or, or, or by somebody who, if not in the church itself, by somebody who claims that they're a Christian? Has that ever happened to any of you? Okay, so we got one up. Okay, so everybody else besides that, everybody's good? That's, oh, whoops. <laughs> we got a few more. Okay. Oh, more. All right. Oh, <laughs> okay. We, we've, we've got a good amount. And that's, that's why this, that's why I believe this conversation is so important, right? Because we in the body have endured so much and done so much to other people as well. So the problem that we have, um, how, how, how would you guys say, how would you guys say that, that the world views the church? Like somebody, when I say the world, I mean somebody who's not a believer, somebody who doesn't, you know, accept Jesus Christ. They know of church, but what would you say their thoughts of when they think about people who are, who are in the church? Is it right if I say something? Yeah, please do. Yeah, definitely what Leslie said, judgmental. I definitely feel like a lot of people may see people of the church as maybe sheep or like to like follow each other and do crazy things and so believe a lot of false stuff for example on reddit there's a lot of communities that aren't very fond of christianity and have a lot of negative things to say and overall just not very positive positive it's a lot of negativity seeing christians as people that I guess, or maybe, like, I promise I'm not trying to be offensive, but maybe crazy and just believing in something that's false and thinking, like, trying to not believe in science and just focusing on one thing and not being open-minded and being very close-minded, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. I promise I'm not trying to offend or anything. That's just, I'm just trying to answer the, the question honestly on how I feel mm-hmm. the world may view people of the church. Yeah, and that's perfect. And you know, in here like, we we want to all be, you know, one hundred percent with each other. So I, I appreciate your honesty in sharing that. Um, and I definitely agree. Like some of the other things that people have said here in the chat is, you know, they say, "Why why do they go there every day?" Um, another person says, "Some people may seem may see them as political and not genuine." Okay, that's an interesting one. And that don't they have something better to do, right? Um, one of the things that I was noting down as I was going through the word for today is that I noted the word hypocrite. A lot of the times the world sees us as hypocrites and they see us as people who are supposed to be living up to a particular standard, but they feel as if we're not doing so. And the church gets a lot of judgment and the church gets a lot of flack, right? Some rightfully deserving others, maybe not so much. Right. So today we want to kind of talk about the purpose of the church um, and why we even need church. Do we even need church? What's the whole point? Right. What's the point of this? Right. What's the point of us getting together, you know, every Sunday, 
um, to talk, right? The question that Stacy put there was a great one. Why do they go there every day? Don't they have something better to do? And the reason why I say it's a great question is because it's not just on the mind of a non-believer, somebody who is in the world, but it's also on the mind of believers themselves, where sometimes we don't quite understand the purpose of community and why we need one another, if we need one another. If you think you've got a relationship with just with God, then why do we need this? Why do we have to come on here each Sunday to come in, you know, pray together and talk to one another and fellowship? What's the point of that, right? So that's what I want you guys to understand. Every time we do things, I always want you guys to know the why behind why we're doing certain things. Because when you know the why, it'll motivate you and help you to um, really stick to it and, you know, be encouraged and be able to continue in it. So today, the word of the Lord that we have, if you have a Bible, and I hope you or somebody near you does, um, if you guys would journey with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 27. And this is a bit of a long one, but um, this is where we're going to be running and we're going to be walking through today. So if you will be there with me, if, if anybody's there, say I. If you're not there, say hold up and we'll give you some more time before we get started. You said 1 Corinthians 12. Yes, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 27. Would you mind reading that one for us, Ryan? Or if anybody else? Yeah, I'll read. Okay, thank you. Uh, okay, so First Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 12 to 17. 12 to 27. Oh, it's 12 to 27. For just as the, oh, I'm reading by the, from the English Standard uh, Version. Okay. For just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body. So it is so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the, feet, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we think less honorable we bestow the greatest honor and unprecedentable and unprecedentable parts of parts are treated with greater modesty which are more presentable parts do not require but god has no 
has, has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that locked it, that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for, um, for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Let us pray, guys. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to gather. Lord, I pray that you help me in being able to share your word with your people, um, to have them come to an understanding of it and just an understanding of why community is important and why we need one another in the body of Christ. God, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' my name, we do pray. Amen. So, guys, this, this topic is so important because of the fact that um, I'm just here to say point blank that we can't make it without one another. We can't make it without people in our lives who are there to help us and push us in the things that we we're supposed to do in, in, in the Lord. I'll kind of give you the background to the text that we read to every time. I always want to give you guys context. This, this book, 1 Corinthians, was written by Paul to the church at Corinth. And in this particular point, he was talking about spiritual gifts. And he was talking about people because people were complaining, saying that, well, I'm, I'm just all about prophecy and prophecy is the best and all of this stuff. So I don't need to teach. I don't need to be kind to people. I don't need to be gentle. I don't need to be hospitable, right? So people are just so focused on that. And so Paul comes in and he says, no, God didn't make only one part of the body and call it that the body. Instead, he made all different parts. And each of them is it's just as important. And so that brings us to the context of here, where we talk about one body with many members. There are some people who say that they love God the many, many, many Christians will tell you that they love God. This is a, this is a scenario and the argument that somebody makes who loves God but has no desire for church, right? Who says and claims they love God but has no desire for church. This person will say, I'm good by myself. I'm good on my own. All I need is just, you know, my own Bible study and just spending time with God by myself and do my praises and worship. And that's it. Just me and God and just this blissful land, Right. I'm here to tell you that that is a problem. And the reason why that is a problem is because God has called us to live in community with one another. God has called us to watch out for one another. God has called us to be um, in just union, in, in unity with each other, helping each other in so many ways that we can. When we are not in fellowship, and don't, 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 don't take this in the wrong way. When I say that, there, there are some times when people need to take a step back and just be by themselves and just seek God, right? I've done that many times, right? Where I've kind of stepped away and just me and God for a, a little while. But ultimately, I'm not an island by myself, right? I can't, I can't do life without other people. And that's the way that God has wired us and ordained us to be able to work with one another so that his glory may be seen. So we see in the word that it says, you know, see to it that if one, if one member suffers, all suffer together. 
that you see within the verse 26. If one person's honored, all rejoice together. We were supposed to cry with one another as believers, and we we're supposed to be in, in joy with one another. Whether you are introverted or extroverted, that's not what this is saying here. We both, both introverts and extroverts, need other people around them for a particular period of time. And that, guys, is the purpose of the church. The purpose of, of the church is to be able to, for us to be able to get together for the sake of personal holiness and perseverance through pain, right? To be able to seek God with one another and encourage each other. As you guys see the way that we formatted our service here and our setting here, we make time to pray for one another. As we see within the word, that when you go to places like um, Acts, and Acts chapter 12, verse 1 to 5, you see that um, Peter was... Um, Peter was imprisoned in Acts by Herod, the king. And pretty much Peter, went, within, within the verse 5, it pretty much talks about how, and the church made prayers for Peter. And within that same evening, while Peter was in the prison, an angel of the Lord came to him and pretty much took him out and took him back to the people. This was the church doing, right? So I know that the church has done many wrongs. I know that the church have done many wrongs in the name of God. The church has hurt many people. When I say the church, I mean the body, you and me, everybody in this Christian community, right? Have hurt people. But the church is also the same institution ordained by God that God wants to use to bring others to him. If other people come to God, where can they go and learn more about God? Let me give you a statement really quickly. And just ponder and think about that for a moment. And, and as you go throughout today, you and me are both sinful people trying to do holy and righteous things. We are sinful people trying our best to show off the love of God to other people. And that is how God has ordained it in his infinite wisdom for it to be. When you think about that for a minute, you should probably think, that's kind of crazy. Why would, why would God do that? Why would, why would it be set up that way where very sinful people get together and say that I want to help bring other people to God and then preach to that? When you have that in the back of your mind that each and every single person is somebody who is a sinner, it helps you realize and not be surprised when things happen in the church. When people say things that they probably shouldn't have said because they themselves are sinners. Now, that doesn't mean that we are to excuse it, but that means that we are to have some, some level of grace for other people when they sin against us. And that we are to see that it's not a reflection of Jesus because Jesus himself is sinless. Imagine if, you know, Valentine's Day is coming, right? Um, whoever... Maybe you're getting flowers, or you're giving flowers, whatever the case may be, right? To your bow, your, your, your boo. What, what do they call these days? Bow, boo. What are the names that, that people have? Please help me, y'all. I'm old. Stacy, I'm, I'm, I'm relying on you bow. here. They don't say bow? They definitely do not say that. They definitely don't say bow. All right, Brent. What do they say then? I don't know, but they don't say that. Wow. 
It's a simple girlfriend and boyfriend. Okay, simple girlfriend. That's what it still is? Okay, girlfriend, boyfriend. Okay, when they say girlfriend, boyfriend, um, whoever that may be, right, you... <laughs> You can't ever go... How would you think it would go down if you went to your beau, your significant other... Oh, sorry, your girlfriend, boyfriend, significant other, and you said, you know, your head is really great, but your body, I cannot stand your body. Head is great, body I can't stand. Thumbs up if you think that would go down very well, or if you would be pleased to, to hear something like that. That your significant other has told you, hey, your head is great, but your body I can't stand. All right. There are absolutely no... Hmm? Sorry, could I say that again? I would have left. Right? That would be a problem, right? So that's the same thing that, that, that we have here in, in, in the church. There are many people within the church who feel as if they don't need to come to church. Who feel as if they don't need this. They're saying, when you say that you don't you don't need other people in the church. You don't care for others in the church. And you're good all by yourself. You can read by yourself, pray by yourself. Everything is good with you. You're saying that you love God, but you hate what God loves. You love God, but you don't... Sorry, if you don't have a... Let me not use the word hate. But you don't have a care for the people of God within the church setting. Flip with me, guys, to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Ephesians chapter 5, verse, verses 25 to 30. And this verse, I'll read really quickly just for the sake of time. I know we're at that one o'clock. Um, the reason why I want to bring up this passage is because it, it it's it's a representative of of it, it represents exactly what it is that, that that we're talking about here within community and Christian community. So the verse says, "Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish." You know, in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Guys, we are the bride um, of Christ. That is the church. So when you say that I don't need church, when you say that I don't need to come and join in in community, you're basically saying that you don't care for the bride of Christ. And God, because you've looked at the bride of Christ and you're saying, uh, these people, they pray, they come in, they speak in tongues, and they act whatever way, right? They still sin. These are sinners. I'm not going to deal with those. I don't need those people. I just need God. What if God did that to you? What if God did that to me? What if God looked upon us with our, with our, with our actual sin and our, everything that we have and say, ah, you, I'm not going to associate with you. I'm just going to go associate with the Father and the Holy Spirit. What a wretched people we would be. What a horrible position we would be in. So I just want you guys to know and be encouraged that 
Christian community is important. And I wish I, I had more time. I could kind of talk through a whole bunch of things here. But Christian community is so, so important because it's important to God. And when we are in church, it helps us. Guys, there are a lot of things, a few points that I want to note really quickly. We've seen here that we're supposed to help each other as members of the church. We've seen here that we have different functions. You can see here that I teach most of the time, every now and then. There are other people who sing. There are other people who praise. There are other people who worship. Everybody on this platform here, all 27 of us, have been given a gift by God. But a lot of times we're sitting down on these gifts and we're not using it. Instead, we come and we want to be fed by other people. And we don't ask, how can I use my gift to help other people? Instead, we ask, how can I use the gift that God has given me to help myself? Rather, God is saying, help his church and be there for them. Yes, those people who are sinning. When you go to a hospital, what do you find? You find sick people. For some reason, we go to a church and we expect to find only holy people. We expect to find people who have never sinned in their life. When in order for you to even come to the church, you have to come to a realization that you yourself are a sinner and that you are in desperate need of Christ. There are other places that we won't go into, but maybe write, this, write, write these verses down and take some time to go back into them. Um, if you get a chance, go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12 to 16, and you'll see there that we have a duty and a responsibility for the church to be able to see to it that nobody falls short of the glory of God. That I'm responsible for you and you're responsible for me. Helping me and, and, and helping me to be able to, to make it because I'm a sinner, right? Guys, there are some sins that have a really good, that, that, that do their best, that, that, that are very successful in silence. When God has given us Christian communities, one of the reasons for Christian community is for us to be able to fight sin. God has given us you, me, Christian communities for people to be able to be accountable to. When you have somebody that you're accountable to, when you know that somebody's going to come and check in on you on a particular issue that you're dealing with, you're going to check yourself and say, hey, I'm accountable to that particular person. So I want to be able to live my life in a righteous way, in a good way. That, or even if I fall, I can go to this person and I don't need to keep on sinning, right? Satan is very successful when we are silent. Community is one of the solutions to break the silence. That is why God has ordained that for us. Another part of the church is finances and financial. Within Acts chapter 4, verses 30, 31 to 35, write that down if you need to go back to it later. But you'll see in there that the church brought everything. When, when the church started, when the early church started that we see in Acts, everybody, everything, everyone brought everything that they had. The poor brought everything, the rich brought everything. And it says in there that they had no lack. What, what does that mean? That they were all cared for. In this day and age, even as believers, we don't give, right? It's very hard for us to give because we don't see an urgency in a sense to help other people who are less fortunate. So the body, the function of the church, if the church were really operating in the way that Christ would expect it to operate, we, nobody would have lack who is in the body of Christ. 
because we would care enough for one another and say, hey, let me help you this way. The same way my old professor, who was in the body of Christ, assisted me by giving me a $1,000 check, is the same way I am to help somebody else. And it's the same way you guys are to help other people. So in your lives, as you, as you start growing older and you start making money and, and, and getting things like that, don't forget that God has created the function of the church for you to be able to help other people and be helped as well. So that's another reason. Um, but the main point that I want you guys to see from our discussion here is the purpose of the church. Guys, we need each other. I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy when somebody steps on your toes, when somebody makes you feel some type of way, when they, when, when they say something that's not right to you. But I want to encourage you that if somebody is doing something that is um, contrary to what you would have them do, if you feel like you've been offended by somebody in the church, I want you to be able to, to have the boldness to go to that person and let them know, hey, you, you have offended me and what you did, I didn't like. Take somebody with you if you must, if the person doesn't listen to you. There are ways that we can resolve conflict and be unified. If the world is unified in sin, why can't we be unified in Christ? Why can't we be able to stand before the Lord and say that because I love you as my, my, as my brother or as my sister and I want to see you in heaven, I want to be like, you know, playing the keyboard, jumping up and down, praising in heaven with all of all 27 of you guys on here. If you wrong me in some way, I'm going to find a way to have that conversation with you so that we can squash the beef and be back together. Satan thrives when there is discord. You guys ever watch the show The Weakest Link? Think of a chain. If you have somebody in there who's, who isn't really like unified, the whole chain breaks up. Right? So we need to be unified across us here. And we need to know that if there's, if, if there's something that isn't right, we can go to one another and discuss so that we can get back to praying, so that we can get back to like doing what it is that God has, has, ordained, has ordained us to do. Because the battle, guys, is not between flesh and blood, but we wrestle with darkness and principalities and rulers of this world that, that you see within the book of Romans. Read it for yourself, not my words, right? But how can we do those things how can we be get, get together and pray? How can we get together and read and study? How can we get together and be lifted up in the spirit to be able to worship God as best as we can with all our hearts when you're worried about how Joe Schmo treated you last, last week? It hurts you and you haven't done anything about it. Now there is a time and a place when to leave a church. That's not what we're discussing here today. If a church is teaching false doctrine, false gospel, you need to get your coat, get your hat, and get up out of there. That's not, that's not the scenario we're talking about here. We're talking about where there are people who have differences of, in opinion, people who um, have, have, have things that they don't necessarily agree with, have gotten in some fights. And because of that, they're no longer meeting. Because of that, they're no longer um, together. And who benefits there? Only Satan and all the demons benefit when we don't pray, when we don't gather together, when the church is broken, none of us do well. We are only as strong as our weakest link. We're only as strong as our weakest link. So thirdly, the third point that I wanted to make to you guys is for us to be able to be in a position where we pray with one another, where we lift each other up, guys. 
I was reading through Exodus earlier this week, and there was a point in time when Moses was supposed to put his hand up. God told Moses, put your hand up. They were going to a battle, and God said, hey, Moses, put your hand up. And every time that you put your hand up, the Israelites are going to be winning the battle. Okay, so Moses goes up there and he puts his hand up and he sees that he's getting tired. So he starts putting his hand down. Well, what happens then is that two people, I might get their names wrong. I believe it was Aaron and Joshua. They come together. They come to Moses. And what do they do? They allow Moses to sit down and they hold his hands up. Guys, there are some times when we are down, sometimes when we just can't get out of the out of the dirt when we just can't seem to get out of our own heads and out of our own minds, to be able to realize that God can get us through anything. And that, guys, is when we need a word of encouragement from somebody. It's not just me. So I don't ever want you guys to be in a position where you say that I don't need these people. I'm good all by myself. I'm, I'm, I'm going to the mountain for 40 days, 40 nights. Like, we all need one another. So I hope... That as you go through life, as you go through the world, that, that, that you, 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 you know that, yes, struggle and, and all those things will come, right? Like church fights and arguments, they will happen. That's what happens when you have sinful, sinful people get together to try to do God's work. That's what happens. But the difference is that we're willing to work through it and still continue it pains me because I have, and I have and I know so many people who feel like they don't need people in the body of Christ. But if you reject the Father, if, if, if you reject the head, how can you, like, sorry, if you accept the head, but you reject the body, you see how that doesn't make any sense, right? How many of you guys know, like, heads just walking around with no body? Unless it's some, some October Halloween movie, you're not going to see a floating head running around. So God says that it's a package. God says it's, it's, it's Jesus and his body and these people who are sinful, who are trying to live a holy and righteous life day by day. It's a package. We're in this together, guys. So when one suffers, we suffer with them. And when one rejoices, we rejoice with them. So I want to encourage you guys, any of you guys who have been so, and through so much pain, any of you guys who have been through so much hurt by other people within the church, I want to encourage you to go to them and, and, and resolve the issue. I want to encourage you to stay within the church, right? Guys, the church, yes, has done many wrongs, but the church has also done many, many good. If you go to Ghana and you'll see, when I went to Ghana some time ago, a wrong that the church did, I went to a slave castle. And at that castle, there was a church at the, at the, at the building Right. And under that is where the slaves were held. And this was an Anglican church. So while people were praising God during the day, there were slaves under there from Ghana who were um, in tears, who were yelling. So that was an atrocity of the church. But then I go to other, another place within within Ghana and I see after like Every single block or every other block, I see a school, I see a hospital, I see this, and they all have a church's name in front of it. So while the church has been used as a vehicle to do evil by some people, by evil men and women, the church has also been used as a vehicle to do good and to bring a lot of good into this world. And, that, and, and this so-called church 
is the institution that God is, has infinitely ordained to, to bring his, his, his glory and his, and, and, his, and his work and his will into this world. So I know we're not perfect. We are far from it. Go to any church and you'll find that there are problems. You know how you, fi you figure out that a church has problems? Just get involved. <laughs> Either join the praise team, join the worship team, join the, the, the Bible study group, whichever. Just get involved in leadership at a church and you'll see that there is dirt all over the place. Yet, and why is that, that, that dirt? I, I hope you guys understand that by now. But we are working through it together. We are working through it together. So I don't want you guys to be in a position where if something is wrong in a church, you just up and leave. But you, because if you go to someplace else, you're going to find the same issue. Now, I said that there are times when you do need to go someplace else, right? And you need to judge that with, with the Lord. But it shouldn't be because other people are forced you out. Because you're going to find problems wherever you go. To wrap all of this up and bring it back, the story that I shared with you guys in the, in the beginning, the church that I used to go to, right? Where we had so many issues that had come up. When I came to Presby, I found issues as well. I'm, we all can be 100 here, right? Found issues as well. So that tells me that it's not because of that church particularly, but it's because of the people who are there. So what do we do then? We pray for those people. We lift one another up. We are to help each other to fight sin. We're to help each other monetarily in finances. We shouldn't see that somebody is struggling, especially somebody in the body of Christ is struggling, and we have the means to help them, and we don't. So I'll get off of my soapbox. I'm, I know we, we, we are far over, and hopefully next time we can start a bit earlier. But I'm sorry I've gone over, but guys, this, this point has just really, really been important that I know it has kept many people not just away from the church, but away from God. Because the moment you think you need, you don't need to be in a community that you are held accountable to, you end up studying and learning some things that you think are just right, but you don't have anybody to check that up against. There are many, let me not even go there, but I'll end it here and I will pray for us in, 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 in closing. But I really hope that you guys will see that biblical community is important. That community is one of the tools that God has given us. Sometimes it's hard to pray. Sometimes it's not easy. And we just need then to, to that's when we need then to pick up a phone and call up a friend and say, hey, I'm really struggling. It's 3 a.m. It's 3.30. It's 4 a.m. I'm tossing and turning in my bed. I'm anxious. I'm sad. I'm, I'm going through so much. Can you just pray with me or can you just talk let's just talk about super bowl coming up let's just like that's what we're here for guys that's what i hope you guys realize that there is a need for one another in the body of christ in addition to the prayer in addition to the worship in addition to the bible reading community is important let us pray heavenly father thank you so much for just allowing us to discuss and share today god thank you so much for the different points that you've allowed us to make today. Father, I pray that, that, that your people here will be able to see the importance of community, be able to see the need to get involved and to use the gifts that you have given them, um, that you have blessed everybody here, Lord God, in a way that they can share. Father, we ask that, that, that you help us to be able to be agents for your word, to go out into the world, to share the good news of the gospel um, with one another. Lord God, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.